Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. You're in the process still of learning about the quarterback, Justin Fields. What's new in that regard? Is there anything that has popped out in this particular week of OTAs? Um, I would say, man, he throws a good deep ball. I would say that. I'm excited about that. And you can see it in the 7-on-7 and the 11-on-11s. And we're going to take, you know, take our shots down the field. And, man, he's, he does a nice job doing that. And that's what stands out to me. There are some people that, that should stand out on this 2022 Chicago Bear team. And we're going to talk about those people right now. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. I, I said yesterday that, you know, the expectations are low for the Chicago Bear team, but there should be high expectations for certain players. So mm-hmm. if you're watching and looking for something this upcoming season, you need to be looking for some guys to, to cheer on. And so I came up with my top five list of, of players that should elevate their game in the upcoming season. And I cannot wait to hear Anthony Heron's top five. That does not include Justin Fields. And for me, the the way I went about putting my list together was based off of guys who, one, I, I think they legitimately have the potential to take this next step. And, and I'll be able to describe individually what the next step really means for each of these guys at their role within the squad. And I just feel like for Justin Fields, you know, not only is it year two and he's the quarterback, so you kind of end up, you know, have that level of anticipation because of the position he plays. But QB is a very dependent position. And frankly, I just, you know, I, I think I need another season to even evaluate Justin yeah. Fields to look at it and say, you know what, here's what I think the ceiling for him definitively is. Well, there's certain guys that I think their their role with this thing are, are really going to be huge. So I, I can start at number five and work my way up to number one. Does that uh, work for you? All right. So so before you – I do want you to be able to text in as well while you're listening. I mean, obviously, Ann's giving his opinion. I'm going to show you my, tell you my top five as well. Um, but 312-644-6767, make sure you go ahead and hit up that text line. And maybe if we have some guys that are deviating from where we're going, Ant, we can go ahead and shout them out as well. But go ahead. Oh, before you get into your top five, because I do want to mm-hmm. say this, Fields was my number five. So he didn't okay. even make it into the top three or four. He, mm-hmm. And what I said was exactly what you said, where it's like, I don't need him to go from last year's Justin Fields to Tom Brady. I just need right. you to take a step towards that, right? I don't need you to g- get the whole kit and caboodle right now. So he was my five. <laughs> he was my number five guy. But I cannot wait. Number five for Anthony Heron, uh, players that should elevate their game this upcoming season. So at number five, I, I, the depth along the defensive front does concern me. 
to to some extent right now. You know, off the edge, I think there's a lot of potential there, especially on the interior, though. I really want to see whether or not they're going to be able to hold it down just from a playmaking perspective because within this scheme, you definitely do want guys who are going to make plays on the interior. But when we're looking at the future of this squad, and, you know, I, I think there's it's easy enough to assume that maybe this is going to be the last season if we even see Robert Quinn in a Bears uniform this coming season, I think that question could still be asked. But if this is Robert Quinn's last season, then there's an opportunity here for the Bears, for Travis Gibson as an edge defender to sort of prove something to himself, to the organization, to Bears fans. And after all the flashes that he showed in 2021 with seven sacks on the year in the you know sometime starter capacity that he was, then I really think there's potential that's there for a guy who was a, what, a fifth-round pick, I think, a couple of seasons back. So that's nice. It could end up being a guy who, who got picked up as a nice late-round commodity, but there's something he can prove here. Year three, talk about a lot of the, about that jump from, from the rookie year to the second season, but now second year to third year for Gibson and what that can end up proving. It reminds me a little bit, I think back to when I was in Detroit with the Lions. There was a guy named Kalimba Edwards mm. who was a, a really talented pass rusher, and he had like – six or seven sacks in limited time as a situational pass rusher as a rookie, somewhere Kalimba Edwards owes me $5,000 because he bet me five Gs (laughs) that he was going to come in the next season, have a double-digit sack year, make the Pro Bowl. He did neither one of those things. And you know what? There's there's something about making that leap from one season to the next to enter another echelon in your career that is extremely difficult to do. This is that season for Travis Gibson to try to show that. Even though he's not anticipated, if the roster continues as it is right now at defensive end, he's not anticipated to be a day one starter. But he's definitely a guy who's going to get plenty of tick. And this is why you and I get paid the little bucks because I have Travis Gibson as my number three guy. Okay. So we're on the same page in terms of, you know, no Khalil Mack. You're going to need someone to kind of step up and be that playmaker. He was fifth in the league in forced fumbles last year. Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking at the other opportunities that could come about from, let's say, a Robert Quinn getting to the quarterback, holding a guy up so that he can come in for the forced (laughs) fumble like he did last year. I mean, it's something that, again, you would definitely want to see from year two to year three. I love it. All right. Number four guy from Ant Heron on his list of players that should elevate their game in the upcoming season. See, I think that when you look at the the second level of that Bears defense and what can happen with it, because there's a lot of the playmaking should come from that defensive front, and we've all in this town seen over the years what Roquan Smith is as an interior linebacker. I don't care who's playing Mike. I don't care who's playing Will. When it comes down to the coaches, Allen Williams, Matt Eberflus, they'll figure that out for what the skill set means within their defense. But Nicholas Moreau, mm. with the athleticism that he brings to the table – He's a guy that a lot of folks are rightfully excited about because, you know, there was a season a couple of years ago where you kind of had the peak of Danny Trevathan and what that was where you had two speedy linebackers there, and we saw what that meant for the Bears' defense then. Then it just turned into where Roquan was kind of the only guy. There was no more Nick Kwiatkowski. You had kind of Danny Trevathan as a shell of himself. And Roquan made the majority of the plays, but it's asking a lot uh, of any linebacker. So if you get speed and tenacity and health, from Nicholas Moreau, what he can mean there at the second level of the defense for the Bears, then he's a guy who I'm really excited to see what he can mean returning for a season in the NFL at full strength and bringing the athleticism to the second level of the Bears defense. Everything, one of the initial things, maybe the first words out of the mouth of Matt Eberflus was talking about guys bringing their track shoes. He wants speed on this defense. Nicholas Moreau has it. I'm so glad you said him because as a Bear fan, you, you kind of forget about him for initially when you're thinking about the team. And you're right. He, he was impactful. He was healthy for his Las Vegas Raiders. You know what he can bring. And the one thing I do love is that he's wearing um, number zero. Hmm. 
I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. If like a, if my linebackers you're the agent zero nickname exactly. kind of guy, like, like, as soon as he makes a play, that's what <laughs> right. you're going with. But I but I do love I, I love the the expectation that he should elevate his game so he can help the Bears this upcoming season. All right, that's your number four. Who's number three? Now I'm grading this next guy going over to the offense, grading him on a curve because you know we there's some chatter out there about Travis Kelsey today. You know, uh, George Kittle was talking about him being underpaid and the the best tight ends in football. There's an expectation that they have a wide receiver skill set while also having the ability to block in line or at the point of attack or in motion or whatever. And you know, I never had the expectations for Cole Komet in my evaluation of him coming out of Notre Dame that he would turn into one of those kind of guys. What he's got to be able to do, though, and especially when you look at the tight end position for the Bears right now, and, I mean, they, they got rid of multiple players who were, were sort of key figures in the depth chart at tight end since last season. Cole Komet, there's a lot riding on this coming season for him, for his career, for the Bears. And at the moment, it's a different position than he's been in at any point in his career because there's not a, a Jimmy Graham or other older veteran tight ends who he's supposed to be learning the position from or you know, the, an offense that, that other veterans already know that he doesn't know. Right now, Cole Komet has to be the dude for the Bears at tight end. But what does that mean for Komet? It doesn't mean that we we should expect him to have 100 receptions this year or double digits in touchdowns. But I think just competence from Cole Komet would be a big step forward. That would be key for the Bears because you need to be dependable. If Justin Fields throws you the ball on third down and hits you between the numbers, you got to catch it. You got to do it consistently. You got to let him know that he can count on you to be accountable for that. And if you get that from Cole Komet, just when he's targeted, even if there's not big separation, I'm beyond the point of thinking maybe Cole Komet's going to become this great route runner. It's going to be a lot of separation between him and defenders, but just catch the rock. Know your assignment. Be dependable in the run game and setting the edge. Things along those lines that you can be a quality tight end in this league and have a long career if you can be counted on to fill those roles. He's not going to be one of these other outstanding pass catchers, but there's a role for a tight end in this offense that can still be something that, that the Bears can count on, can game plan around, but you need to be able to be far more dependable in a variety of capacities than we've seen Cole commit up to this point. And ultimately, it makes Justin Fields better, him playing at that right. level. And actually, Ant, I'm glad you said his name because he was actually my number one player on my list. Ooh, okay. My number one player. And for every reason that you said, you know, he had 60 receptions last year, tied for 51st in the league. But when you're looking at just the sample size of tight ends, you know, um, let's see, Zach Ertz and George Kittle had 74 and 73 receptions respectively. And when you're looking at Cole Komet with, with his 61, or 60, I'm sorry, you say to yourself, okay, you should be able to get 15 more catches throughout the season now that you don't have Jimmy Graham there, now that you are going to be woven into the offense a little bit more. And we do need you to have better hands so that you can fit into that space. I don't need right. you to be the Kelsey or the Mark Andrews. Yep. But if you can fit into that Mike Gusecki, Noah Fant, Kyle Pitts, that, that, that second tier of tight ends, it can make a huge difference for this Chicago Bear football team going into the 2022 season. That was my number one guy. He's your number three. You got two more to go. Who is your the number two guy that you feel should make uh, elevate their game in the upcoming season? I can relate 
to back problems. I can relate to a variety of injuries that I dealt with throughout my playing career. And I know how frustrating that these things can end up being. And in some ways, they're out of your control. Like if you just have chronic back issues, if you were born with them or something like that, like I was, you know, I just I, I was born with degenerative discs in my back. Okay. And so it's just always been a problem for me during my playing career since my career has been over. But that being said, as much work as Tevin Jenkins can put into making sure he's as healthy as possible and reportedly, and then when you're looking at photos and, you know, uh, videos of him moving around and everything, so far he seems to be holding up his end of the bargain from a conditioning perspective. New regime comes in, says we need you all to trim down, lose some weight, move better. He's gotten that all done. Those things being said, just on the field, what I saw from Tevin Jenkins for a guy who got no training camp, who got limited practice work because at the point in the season where they brought him off the pine after a back surgery, what could you conceivably have even done with him on the practice field? But he went out there and, and held his own. He, he wasn't great. He wasn't outstanding. You know, he wasn't, you know, the, the left tackle of the future. They've made the choice apparently to put him at right tackle. And I'll say this, I think what I saw last season, I was fairly impressed with grading on that curve of knowing the position that he was in. So I think that Tevin Jenkins, if he can show himself, him and, you know, Larry Borm, I don't have him on the list because I was I was impressed enough with Larry Borm to feel pretty good about my expectations sure. for him at left tackle. But for Tevin Jenkins, if you can put the Bears in a position where they say, we've got two young tackles that we feel like can be here as dependable starters for the future, it's going to be a huge deal for this franchise moving forward. Tevin Jenkins is a guy I've definitely got my eye on really closely. Whether or not you know, a lot of folks are a little disappointed that, oh, he, they said he could be a left tackle. They drafted him really high, and now he's not going to be a left tackle. So what? Two of the tackles they drafted last <laughs> right. year are going to go in and have the opportunity to be starters and prove if whether or not they have the potential to do that for a long time here. So whichever, you know, left, right, that doesn't matter to me as much as are both of them on the field Preach. and are both of them playing well. Preach. Give me a starter and I'll be okay with that because for me, Tevin still gets that pass, right? I still need to figure out his baseline before I can figure out like how much better and how much I want him to elevate his game this season. But I love that you threw him in there. My number two guy was Eddie Jackson. Uh, and, yeah. and I just said to myself, hey, man, we just, you know, I love you, Eddie. You love yourself. We just need this to line up so that, that we can play a little better and should be elevating your game to get back to, you know, the Eddie Jackson of old. So he was my number two. All right, so we made it to the number one. The number one guy for Ant Heron that should elevate their game this upcoming season for the Chicago Bears. I cannot wait. To, I don't even know who you're going to say. Hey. Then, no, nobody on my list, I don't think. Nah, you just said the name, man. You just said the name, Eddie Jackson. Oh, a lot of folks have been out that. on Ejax for a couple of seasons at this point, understandably so. Now, I'll say this. I was one of the few folks in town here pointing out, you know, because it. I think we, we didn't see the obvious things, the splash plays that we came accustomed to seeing the first few seasons of Eddie Jackson's career. And so since those weren't there, the, the interceptions, the defensive touchdowns, forced fumbles, you name it, it was ignored. There were ways that Sean Desai used Eddie Jackson within the Bears defense from a coverage perspective that still showcased some of the, the rare traits that he has just with the, the ability to cover ground, the ability to, to anticipate route combinations and make life difficult on a quarterback. There was a lot of that that Eddie Jackson was still, still sort of executing at a high level. That being said, he got a contract that made him the highest paid safety in NFL history, mm. still being paid like a top five safety in football. So like I talked to you about plenty on Bears Unleashed, 
Eddie Jackson, he's not playing up to the status that he was early in the career to, to the contract that's there. But it shouldn't be assumed that because we're not seeing defensive scores that he's just a bum, that he is doing nothing out there on the field, that he wasn't filling any sort of dependable capacity. But you can't see loafs from Eddie Jackson. You can't see him not touching guys down. You don't want to see Eddie Jackson just completely whiffing on tackles. He's not going to be a big hitter. We know that at this point. We, we, we can't expect him to be a guy who's just going to come down and run the alley and knock guys out. That's not his game. That's cool. Just get him on the ground. And there was more, more of that that we saw as the season wore on. And for a, a head coach who's a, a defensive guy who's been really successful coaching a variety of defenses that take the football away, I'm viewing this. Eddie Jackson's career is going to be over after this season, but this is sort of the, the last gasp of Eddie Jackson in Chicago to show that he can become a great player again, a splash playmaker again. And so this season is huge to me uh, as, as far as just Eddie Jackson, not only his perception in the football world, but just how his career with the Bears will be viewed in retrospect. Is he just this flash in the pan that came out in his first couple of seasons, got the big deal, and then fizzled away? Or was that sort of the, the aberration? Was that where we saw – you know, some lesser version of Eddie Jackson that now Matt Eberflus, who has been a guy who's coached so many defenders to great takeaway success. You got this guy who was a takeaway magnet early in his career that could potentially be the key cog in a defense that keeps the Bears in a lot of games this season if the offense struggles. He's extremely capable of having one of those seasons. We know this. And hopefully the young guys and the new coach, they're just pushing him in that direction. Well, our Bears talk continues after the break. The legendary Hub Arkish is joining us, and he's going to let us know who he feels is the number one Chicago Bear player that should elevate their game next season. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron on 670 The Score, and Hub Arkish joins us after this. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. He's been great, you know, really detailed and, you know, specific on what he wants. You know, he's thrown a lot at us, you know, this past month and a half, two months. But I think he just wants to see what everyone can do, and I think that's a good thing. So, you know, we've been getting a lot of info thrown at us and all that type of stuff. But it's been good, and, you know, we're just trying to see how much we can absorb at once. The number one pick in my elevation draft, Cole Komet right there, talking about Lou Getze and the Chicago Bears offense. I'm Gabe Ramirez. I'm here with Anthony Heron. And joining us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, executive editor of Pro Football Weekly. Of course, you can hear him all the time here on 670 The Score, Hub Arkish. Hub, are you are you buying into my my number one guy, Cole Komet? Who do you feel should be the, the bear player that should elevate their game the most this upcoming season? Well, Gabe, I, I, yeah, I think Cole Komet is probably a pretty good choice. Uh, obviously, I think the first choice would be Justin Fields, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, he didn't play to his traits last year for a lot of reasons, mostly because rookie quarterbacks almost never do, you know, and, and I know there is some concern uh, as to whether they have done enough uh, to, to give him the weapons and the tools to elevate his game that much this year. Uh, I expect him to improve significantly, but uh, you know, part of that will depend on Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, some other folks. So uh, I think Komet is a good choice. I, I do worry that they have not done enough to uh, uh, to help Fields yet. Uh, I'm not saying that they're not trying to and that they won't, but I just don't know that they've done enough yet. So while I like the choice of Cole Komet, I might go with David Montgomery, only because I know what Luke Getze wants to do with this offensive scheme, you know, and, and, and it's going to be built around the running game. David Montgomery possesses 
possesses many of the traits that Aaron Jones does and uh, uh, maybe even a little better or as good. And we saw Aaron Jones with an all-pro season two years ago and a pro Bowl season last year. So I might put my money on the offensive side on David Montgomery or Cole Komet. And then defensively, I'm, I'm fascinated to see Nicholas Morrow. Uh, I just think that they've got... Uh, the makings of something special with him and Roquan together. Uh, now, Morrow had four years with the Raiders and obviously wasn't special enough for them to want to retain him, but I just love the traits on that kid. And so to come up with a guy who may not be as obvious, I'd probably go either Montgomery or Komet on offense and Nicholas Morrow on defense. And they haven't overextended themselves to try and get another inside linebacker, so the staff definitely seems very, very sold on Nicholas Morrow to the point you make there, Hub. I'm wondering, uh, as you referenced Justin Fields there, and we heard uh, Cole Komet come out recently and essentially say that Justin Fields has, has already learned the offense to the extent that by comparison to last year where you could tell in the huddle where he was just kind of working through things, reading the plays off wristbands and whatnot, where he, he seems to have a, a far better command already of whatever the Luke Getzey system is than what he had last year under Matt Nagy. What do you make of Cole Komet's comments about just Justin Fields' command? You know, I think it's a combination of probably mostly true, but also he's the guy that everybody has their eyes on. That's where the focus is, uh, especially during these kind of, you know, they're not even really practices. They're they're glorified uh, we used to call them uh, field games back in grade school where you just went out and had fun, you know, and, and you know, ran various competitions and whatever. Um, so I, I don't dispute, you know, what Cole is saying. I would add, you know, Anthony, it was fun being in the room with him the other day when he talked about this. Seeing the growth in him is really impressive. And, and, and uh, I know that, that he is working closely, he and Darnell Mooney working closely with Fields to, uh, to see that all three of them have that command. So um, I didn't get a sense, uh, you know, both looking at and listening to Cole when he was talking about this, that he was suggesting that it's because of anything different environment-wise, scheme-wise, coaching-wise. I, I think he was just talking more about kind of the natural evolution you hope for in year two. And uh, and I do think, uh, now again, we haven't talked to Justin in a couple of weeks, but um, he does appear to be showing some of that. Uh, you know, you watch him uh, on the field during these OTAs and seeing him directing traffic. Uh, you know, I see uh, one thing that is kind of a little different is last year during the same thing when, when, you, know, when you know, guys on the offense had questions, they'd kind of immediately look to Matt Nagy or Bill Lazor and uh, watching the last couple of weeks uh, when some of these new guys have been uncertain where to go in certain formations, they go to fields, you know, and mm-hmm. so. I do think he's emerging as a leader and adjusting. Um, but again, I, I, I can't get over the worry that they haven't done enough around him to, to have him quickly you know, reach that ceiling that we're all hoping he's going to reach early in his second season. We're talking to Hub Arkus, NFL insider for 670 The Score, of course, sideline reporter for Westwood One. We're going to be opening up the lines, Hub, because we know people love to just respond to everything you're saying right now. So, of course, the, the phone line, 312 644 6767. Our boy Brian Callahan is going to be taking your calls. Hub, I'm, I'm looking at the the wide receiver group, and of course we know Darnell Mooney, we know Velas Jones, these you know the guys that we just drafted. But is there anybody that we're missing as as, a, as casual Bears fans or Bears fans that we're going to be like a name that we're going to be hearing in the middle of the season? Someone who's probably going to get more looks than we're probably even thinking about right now. That's a great question, Gabe. I yeah, I don't think we're missing anybody. I, I mean, Byron <laughs> Pringle is here because he you know, had 
a bit of a breakout season for himself, but he broke out into a number three or number four receiver. You know, I mean, it's not like, you know, he was the kind of weapon we were talking about when we talked about really getting some special targets for Justin Fields. Um, uh, you know, beyond that, uh, I, I know that uh, Dante Pettis is a former second-round pick, you know, and, and certainly, you know, has uh, arguably, I guess you'd say, better traits than Valus Jones, who was a third-round pick and many people feel was overdrafted. So uh, it'll be curious to see what he can bring to the table. Uh, Tajay Sharp, uh, the other recently signed street vet, is a, is a bigger possession-type receiver, which they need. I, I cannot get excited about Equinemia St. Brown, and, and, and I'm sure he's a great kid. It's not personal, but this guy, you know, the Packers, practically begged him to become their number two for four years and gave him every opportunity and he just didn't get it done and and so I, I don't think that we're underrating or missing anything there if of the and then there's Daz Newsom you, you know who we never really saw last year um, Isaiah Coulter an interesting practice squad type guy undrafted rookie free agent but if there is if there's a guy out there who can actually become a duo uh, with Darnell Mooney, I, I guess the guy you have to hope for is Dante Pettis, uh, you know, because he's got uh, at least the traits and, and, and the athletic abilities that you look for. And, you know, maybe it was just that he wasn't in the right place at the right time his first three years in the league. And there's, I think a lot of it is just sort of eagerness to know, you know, where there was so much excitement about Justin Fields, where a lot of folks are just eager to, to see him play great on a consistent basis and to know if he's definitively the guy. And so I, I hear a lot of chatter going into this season about, and, and I, I do think a second year for a quarterback is a big deal, while at the same time you see a, a Daniel Jones, a Tua Tonga-Vailoa that have been in the NFL significantly longer than Justin Fields, and their franchise is still trying to find out about them. So I, I do believe this season is very important for Fields, but I don't necessarily put it in the same context of, you know, the Bears needing to know if he's if he's great or not by the end of the year. How how do you view the significance of year two for Fields? Well, and I, you're absolutely correct. You know, in, in traditional player development and, and and NFL and especially at the quarterback position, uh, it was I think I mentioned this last time we I talked with you guys. Peyton Manning, you know, was talking a few months ago about it was really the end of year three, year four before he felt he was a complete. Uh, you know, NFL quarterback, and so year two is pivotal, but not essential. But what is really interesting about this year for the Bears is I am not overly optimistic that this team is going to win a lot of football games. And it's not, you know, being negative. It's not being pessimistic. You just look at the roster and you stack it up against other teams, both in the division and in the league. And and I don't play the schedule game where, you know, I go through and predict it because all these teams are going to be different this year. We know that, you know, and, and some are going to be much better than we think they are and some aren't going to be as good. But just looking at the rosters, it wouldn't be shocking to me if the Bears only won four or five games this year. And that's going to get them a top five draft pick if it happens. And unlike this year, you're talking about a more typical quarterback draft next year, particularly with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And, and, and so if you know, Fields develops but doesn't really arrive, but you're looking at a three or four win football team and you have a chance. I, I actually like Stroud more coming out of Ohio State than I did Fields. And I, and I love Fields. I like him a lot. 
Um, and so I think you got a dilemma on your hands at that point. And, and so it doesn't mean that Justin Fields won't be your franchise quarterback or can't uh, become that, even if he still you know, has some issues at the end of his second season. But the team's going to be in a unique position where, as opposed to giving up the, the two, three you know, first-rounders plus multiple picks to get one of these franchise prospects, they may get one with their own pick next year if they want to and they have to. Um, and so in that regard, it is important for them to know a lot more about Fields than they do right now. See, Hub, that's why I love you. You always, you always put my emotions in check when it comes to <laughs> comes to this football team. It's like my, my home heart just beats so hard. And that's what I'm really trying to do with some of these guys is put my emotions in check. And specifically, I'm talking about Jaquan Brisker. And, and you know, it's, he's terrifying his coaches about how hard he hits. And, and so I'm looking at him and, and Kyler Gordon, and I'm wondering, can Jaquan be – in the mix for best defensive rookie on this team over Kyler Gordon? Or is that just just me just like hoping and wishing for this phenomenal safety to come out of nowhere, Mike Brown style? No, Gabe, I think that's reasonable. I mean, I I think they both have high ceilings. Uh, I like them both a lot. Um, I want to say that Gordon was the fifth or sixth corner taken and I think Brisker was the fifth safety you know so um, you know where they fit just as prospects it's certainly possible I do think they're both going to be good football players um, and, and I really like Jalen Johnson a lot so I'm excited about where the young secondary is at you know if uh, Eddie Jackson's got his head on straight and, and, and you know figures out whatever it is that's been missing the last year and a half uh, they could be pretty good in the secondary which kind of brings me back to what I was saying before um, I think it's a real possibility that the Bears are drafting in the top five. I also think it's a real possibility that some of these kids on offense take a bigger step than we expect. We don't know much yet about Al-Qadim Muhammad and Justin Jones and, and you know even Tavon Young at the nickel and, and, and Morrow and how these guys are going to fit. So there's also the – and I don't even know what kind of coaches these guys are going to be. So they could be a 7-8, a 9-win team. I, I, it's hard for me to see, you know, looking at the roster, but it's a possibility. And if that's going to happen, a lot of it is going to have to come from that secondary where, you know, again, just traits and prospect wise that it may be their most talented group right now, either that or running back. So much was made about the the adjustment of the body types to the offensive line. And of course, Tevin Jenkins spent the, the bulk of his rookie season just rehabbing from back surgery. And then he's out, on, out there on the field trying to hold his own. You know, everyone else is in midseason form. But what, what have you seen in, in just watching the body types of the O-line, the movement skills of the O-line, especially guys returning from last year having to adjust to this new philosophy that's sort of been thrust on them with the new regime? How, how different does the O-line look to you? That's a great, another great question, Anthony. I mean, I mean the, the, the drills are, are different and interesting. And, um, uh, you know, Chris Morgan, uh, I don't know a lot about. I, I, I think I've already said on the air more than once that I thought Juan Castillo was a bit overrated. Um, and, and he clearly was brought here to coach a different style, you know, and to focus more uh, on, on the big maulers and the power running game. And that is not what they want to do now with their wider splits and their outside zone read. And, you know, Poles has been very clear that he wants them to be lighter and more athletic. And I think they're looking to make more blocks in space. And so you see, you know, drills designed to, uh, you know, set guys up to be able to do that. Uh, but but this is where I, I I don't think I'm copying out, but I have to cop out a little bit. <laughs> they don't even have shoulder pads on. I mean, you know they're out there in helmets, and, and and so 
what we're really getting to look at with all these offensive linemen is just kind of what kind of athletes they are, how flexible they are. Do they look a little quicker than what we're used to? Uh, they're getting their assignments down. It's it's just so early. Uh, I, 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 I don't know even what to make of Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum, you know, let alone the four kids they drafted this year. I did think it was interesting, though. I'd be curious for your take on this, Anthony. I, I, it's been very quiet, but, but the, the last few moves in that Ryan Poles goes out and signs a, a Julian Davenport and a Sean Coleman, who are never going to be the guys you want to build an offensive line around, but they have been a starting left and starting right tackle in the NFL, you know, and uh, Braxton Jones as a prospect looks pretty much like a left tackle. I don't know that you'd want him to be your swing tackle. Um, and so they have kind of done an interesting job of covering themselves. If none of the younger prospects are ready, you know, they could go out there and start uh, Davenport at left tackle. And then you move Borum inside to right guard where you've got nobody. you got Tevin Jenkins at right tackle and then Whitehair and Patrick in the middle. Um, uh, assuming that Borum would beat out Sam Mustafer, which I think he would. I like Sam Mustafer, but I just don't think he's a guard. I think he's a center. If that was the group and, and, and they were going to try and play what Getze and, and Poles want them to play, they could be marginally improved over last year. Uh, you know, I, I, it's not going to be a great line. They're still going to have to add pieces. You're still going to be looking for your franchise left tackle if that's the way it goes. And I'm not ruling out Borum becoming a great left tackle. I like his, his, his what I've seen so far, but but we know what the leap is to get there. And, and so um, I, I guess what I'm saying is that on the offensive line, I'm most encouraged by the last couple journeyman street vets they brought in, but then anything else they've done, because at least they've given themselves a backup plan, which comes full circle now. The line has to be at least good enough to give Justin Fields a chance. And, and it wasn't at times last year. And I, I think it could be this year if they end up playing some of those journeymen. I know uh, that was something that you and I have talked about. I'd say the last couple of draft cycles of, of the previous regime just not feeling like they'd really insulated themselves that well on the offensive line and you know for these guys coming in there's just a bunch of unproven commodities guys with an opportunity to to come in and, and show who they can be at the nfl level but to have a little bit of veteran stability alongside them it just makes all the sense in the world to continue to, to sort of insulate multiple spots especially at at offensive tackle where you're gonna have a couple of second year guys right now we're anticipated to be the starters. Um, I'm wondering on defense. I gave, gave reference that Cole Komet was his number one guy on his kind of step your game up list. <laughs> and I went with Eddie Jackson. I had Cole Komet at, at number three. And part of this for me having E. Jackson number one is because there's we, we've seen him multiple seasons at the top of his career perform at an elite level as a playmaker. I do think there's, like I referenced uh, when I was going through my list, there were a number of positive things that Eddie Jackson did, but the expectation is at a certain elite status now that hasn't been met through a couple of seasons here. And I kind of referenced this. This could be Eddie, Eddie Jackson not going to be out of football in a year, but this may be sort of his last best opportunity to, to prove that he can be a great bear again with this new regime, with this coach who has coached so many players at multiple levels into takeaways and everything else. And I, I don't have Eddie Jackson's contract pulled up in front of me, but I think that the last best opportunity to prove that he, he can be a great bear again, is that an overstatement? No, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, I mean, that that's the reality of when you, you know, completely turn over the front office and bring in a new regime. 
they have nothing invested in any of these guys except for the the players that they've drafted this year. I mean, even the free agents that they've signed this year, these are all one-year, you know, low-dollar deals, and and so. There is nobody but Justin Fields is safe. You know, I mean, Justin Fields, you've got too much invested. The stakes are too high and the traits are too solid, uh, you know, to not bend over backwards with him. But as far as the rest of these guys, it's interesting with Eddie Jackson. I, I don't think anybody would dispute that it's probably as much, if not more, mental than physical in terms of how his play has slipped off. And I think the thing we tend to forget, I mean, this guy was a legit first-team, top-vote-getting All-Pro at safety right. in 2018 yeah. and had a, a, a legitimate Pro Bowl year in 2019, although it was really the last third of 19 where he started to slip a little bit. And if you recall, what was happening was he was having one big play after another turned over by a stupid penalty, you know, and he had enough taken away from him. And he even talked about it a little bit during 2020 when he again I think had a pick six and a fumble return for touchdown both turn you know and I just it feels like it got in his head you know and and I think the fresh start could be good for him uh it's also interesting to me Anthony that um you know Alan Williams who's the defensive coordinator was a safeties coach by trade uh you know you've got the the hits principle is all about taking the football away and the peanut punch and what they're teaching this guy's Everything they're doing sets up perfectly to play to Eddie Jackson's strengths, and and hopefully with these young kids looking up to him around him, he'll he'll refi- he'll, he'll find whatever he lost after that 19 season, and uh, if he doesn't, then it probably is time to move on because I know there's at least one and maybe a second year left on that contract after this year. Um, and, you know, the way things have evolved, it's not silly money anymore, but it's still, I, I think when you look at the Cleo Mack deal, you know, Ryan Poles has proved he's not going to, you know, live with these bad contracts. So um, absolutely, I think you're on to something there. It is a make it or break it year for Eddie Jackson, which could be one more incentive for him to, you know, bounce back. And he's only 27, I want to say. So he could have a couple more all-pro years, but I do think if it's going to be with the Bears, it's got to happen this year. We're talking to Hub Arkish, executive editor of Pro Football Weekly, of course, analyst at Shaw Media, the Daily Herald, and our uh, insider here on 670 to score. Let's talk about Jalen Johnson. I mean, obviously, you know, you're mentioning Eddie Jackson and, and how you feel like he should be able to elevate his game and might have been a mental thing. Jalen Johnson coming in, running with the twos. I know Iberflus mentioned, like, hey, man, I'm just moving people around. You know, he's, he's getting his footing underneath him. Did you read anything into that, or, or did you feel like that's something that can light a fighter under a guy like Jalen Johnson? Well, I, th- I think you just touched on it at the end there, Gabe. I, I think that's probably a part of it, you know, and, and I don't know um, uh, that it's any more than that. I don't know that he needs a fire lit. You know, we, we did talk to him uh, last week. It, it, it's not like, uh, you know, he's unhappy or moping around. He did apparently have uh, a, a leg strain of some kind. I don't know exactly what the injury was. And and actually, for the voluntary veteran camp, he was not there uh, the first two days, I think. I do think he was there for the last day. Uh, but then he's been at all the OTAs. And, there, and, and again, we've heard Flus say it enough times. They're all getting to know each other. And it may just be that the, the transition wasn't as seamless for him and uh, that, that this is uh, as much, you know, attitude and development as, as it is. But not because he has a bad attitude. Again, just saying that he's, he's trying to get used to things. So I, I don't read too much into it so far. I, the, the one thing that, I, that did puzzle me, though, 
was when Matt Eberflus was asked about it, he said, well, you know, we're bringing him back slow because, you know, he had the injury. Right. Well, running with the twos is no different than running with the ones. So <laughs> I, I think that was kind of what confused everybody a little bit. But um, I, I, I think that his, you know, again, we're talking about a guy with a Pro Bowl ceiling. Uh, he has shown some of that. Uh, I didn't see anything, Anthony, I don't know if you'd agree, but I don't recall seeing anything that worried me that he was going backwards, that he wasn't developing and playing well. Uh, so I think they feel really good about him. I, I think there's probably just some getting to know each other going on there as much as anything else. Completely agreed. I think, you know, there there may be, you know, obviously like on social media last season where he shows mm-hmm. up either late or not early enough to a meeting. He gets fined. He takes to social media. Then, yeah, you know, the new guys show up. He's not there for the, the you know, voluntary mandatory deal. So maybe, just maybe, they're saying we want to make sure we, you know, Jalen Johnson has got his head screwed on as, as tightly <laughs> as we would like it to be. But I, I, I agree. I don't read too much into it yet. I just love how, how the, the, the backfield is go, defensive backfield is going to look, right? With, yeah. with Jalen there and, of course, Brisker and you got Eddie Jackson. Just the, the potential that it has, I think you're absolutely right. It's going to be one of the better position groups for the Chicago Bear team. Hub, we appreciate you joining us as always. Have a fantastic Memorial Day weekend. Always fun with you guys. Thanks for having me. Everybody be well. Thanks, Hub. Hub Arkish, of course, our NFL insider here on 670 The Score. It's always good to talk to Hub because, like I said, yeah. man, he keeps my emotions in check. Mm-hmm. I'll sit up here and tell you I'm 17 and 0, and Hub will quickly be like, "Now, now, Gabe, now, Gabe," and I'll just be like, "Damn, man, I'm trying to get away with 17 and 0." But I love it though. That's what we need. Um, right. What What I also love is is the phone lines. I mean, I, I mean, obviously you heard a lot from Hub. You heard a lot from Anthony Heron as far as you know who you feel like are the players that should elevate their their game this season, and maybe some people that were that were missing. And some some. I mean, obviously Ant didn't even have Justin Fields on his top five. We would love to hear from you and and who you feel like should fit on that list or who are some of the guys that you feel are the most important the phone line here again 312-644-6767 the score list line is powered by betql bet smarter and beat the books download the betql app today or visit betql.com again 312-644-6767 we'll have time for a couple of phone calls so if you want to get your opinions in, make sure you call now i'm gabe ramirez he's anthony heron we'll have more next on 670 the score anthony heron and gabe ramirez on 670 the score we were talking Chicago Bear football just a second ago. And on the text line, somebody said, you know who was a hitter? Kyle Fuller. Hmm. He's free out there. He's he's available. Right? I mean, oh, no, no. He I just signed with the Ravens. Just signed with the Ravens. Yeah, he just yes. signed with the Ravens. I was like, wait. I, I, I feel like he's that's back in his hometown. That's where he went. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of former Bears, did you hear about Mitch Trubisky? The beloved here in the city still. Don't be fooled. People can talk trash all they want, but... <laughs> There's a lot of people. If you look at his Instagram, you know, you know, I do my social media thing. I if you if, if you look at his social media, the amount of likes he has, I would like to think, eighty-seven percent of them are still from Chicago fans. That's probably fair. Yeah, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. That type of thing. <laughs> you know. Well, he's not you having one you love. He's he's, he's not having dinner with with his new boo, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. What what? I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's retired. What the hell could he possibly be telling Mitch Trubisky at that dinner table? Well, I mean, maybe that's when you speak your most truth, you know. Try to give him a little background on Mike Tomlin, on Steelers fans, on uh, some of the, the places to go. Uh, in Ben's case, places to not go around right. town Ooh, in the Pittsburgh ouch, area. You know, ouch, yikes. Gotta, holding gotta no, you're not holding back. I like you it. Know, let things be known out there. So I, I guess if there's anybody who can tell you a, a thing or two about what life is like as a Steelers QB, you can certainly get it from uh, from Rothel something's mouth. And is, is Mitch – 
already where he is, or is there still room for Mitch to be better? I I definitely think there's room for Mitch to be better. It's one of the biggest sources of frustration that I had here. Not that I thought Mitch Trubisky had the potential to be a great quarterback, but he was just he was being utilized so incorrectly by the previous regime, and then they didn't learn anything from the way they miscast Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> oh and they were God. doing the same thing to Justin Fields as well. So I I definitely think Mitch has the potential for more. You know, maybe at least a a Ryan Tannehill-esque, you know, sort of resurgence there in Pittsburgh. So I think there, there's potential for Mitch to to be that. Uh, could the Steelers be like a, a number one seed like Tannehill had with the Titans last year? That's asking a lot. I think a lot would have to go right for them to do those sure. types of things. But can Mitch turn himself into a, a dependable starter in the NFL in the right situation? I definitely think he's got that potential in him. Yeah, I'd rather him be more Tannehill than Marcus Mariota this upcoming season. So it'll be interesting mm. to see what happens. But I always wish him the best. You never want to see a man down. And, and given the opportunity, especially for the with the Pittsburgh Steelers, it should be a good one. Now, and somebody else that that I feel like I cannot get out of my my mouth is is Travis Kelsey and what he got going on ah, with his girl, man. If you haven't heard about what Travis Kelsey has made his ex girlfriend do <laughs> o- over the years, like you do not. This is what we're talking about, and I want to know if Ann Heron does the very same thing as Travis Kelsey. We'll talk about that right after this. He's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is six seventy. The score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 